Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. Hey, folks, this is Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com, back here for Episode 51 of the Locked on Bucks podcast. Uh, this is our first remote. Uh, we are live in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, doing the hotel room thing this morning, getting ready for Monday Night Football with the Bucks and Panthers. Uh, big game for the Bucks, and obviously a lot we can talk about, a lot we've talked about here in the past week. Uh, the two main things to go over today are matchups and injuries. Uh, and injuries are a huge part of tonight's game uh, on both sides of the ball. Uh, both teams missing key people at key positions, and this game is ultimately going to come down to how well uh, the backups, who would not be playing at all in many cases, uh, can step up and act like starters and not make the mistakes uh, you worry that backups make in these kind of games. Uh, so lots to get to here. Um, big opportunity for the Bucks, obviously, um, with the bye week coming up. They're not going to play again for 13 days after this. So uh, if they can get the positive momentum of a road division win going into the bye, uh, two and three looks so much better than one and four for this team. Um, and it's definitely possible. I mean, if you look at people, uh, Charlotte Observer's columnist today picked the Panthers to win 23-20. Um, I think most of our staff and our picks our picks come out earlier in the week, uh, back on Friday. Uh, most of them picked uh, a narrow Carolina win. I actually had picked the Bucks to win 24-21. Uh, this looks like it will now be a much more higher-scoring game. Um, but... Who knows what it'll be? I, I say that it looks like it'll be a higher scoring because there's so many injuries on defense uh, and so many weak spots on defense right now. Um, just to run through things here, since we did our last podcast, the Bucks did and the Panthers did put out uh, their final injury report for uh, for this week. Uh, it was curious in that the Panthers uh, list five guys as out. They're just writing five people off, uh, and these are big names. This is Cam Newton, your reigning league MVP. Uh, this is Michael Ower, who's their starting left tackle, and this is Jonathan Stewart, who's their top running back pro bowler last year. Uh, as a result, and we've talked about this last week, but as a result, Derek Anderson steps in uh, as the Panthers quarterback. Uh, Derek Anderson uh, wants a starter in this league, but has really been just a backup since uh, about 2011, really about the last six years. It's wild, and that Cam Newton, uh, I think this is, would it be this would be game 83 for him. Um, the only games in his NFL career that he's missed at all are against the Bucks, and he's now done it three times. So it's it's wild that uh, the Bucks seem to be the only team that benefits from him being out. Uh, but again, I don't know how much they benefit because Derek Anderson went two and zero against the Bucks in 2014. Um, wasn't overwhelming by any means, but but kind of did what a backup quarterback needs to do. Didn't make mistakes and made enough plays to get his team to win. Uh, the two Carolina wins, 2014, both by less than a touchdown. I don't have the scores in front of me, but it's like 20 to 14 and 19 to 17. Just close wins. Uh, but he has three touchdowns in those games and no interceptions. So uh, the challenge for him, and honestly the challenge for Jameis Winston this week as well, is simply not making mistakes. Uh, if all Derek Anderson is is a caretaker quarterback, that that might be what it takes. The Bucks need to try and find a way to get him uh, throwing interceptions. Um uh, making mistakes, not being effective, 
Uh, he's going to lean hard on two targets. Uh, that's Kelvin Benjamin, their big 6'5 receiver, came in the year. Mike Evans came into the league, uh, has four touchdowns already. Uh, and Greg Olson, who, who's a tight end the Bucks know well, uh, a guy that is, is just a seam finder and gets in between zone defenses really well, uh, is a third down guy for them, and is a red zone guy for them. So they need to limit him very well. If you can take away Kelvin Benjamin and Greg Olson from this offense, I'm not even sure what's left. I mean, maybe Devin Funches, maybe Ted Ginn. Uh, maybe, you know, whoever they're going to trot out at running back tonight, whether it's uh, Cameron Artis-Payne or Fozzie Whitaker, they don't have a lot of names on this offense beyond those top two right now because of the guys they're missing. Um, they're also missing their top two rookies. They're missing Vernon Butler, uh, big D tackle from Louisiana Tech, uh, and James Bradbury, who was a second-round draft pick, was brought in essentially uh, to take over for Josh Norman, who's now in Washington. Uh, and this is a big point in the story, is that the, the Panthers uh, kind of made a bold move in letting Josh Norman become a free agency, pull, becoming a free agent, uh, pulling off a franchise tag, letting him walk, uh, letting the Redskins get him, um, and not having that much behind him. And now they have even less behind him. Uh, they used their second and third round draft picks on cornerbacks. Uh, you will see a lot of that third rounder tonight. His name is Daryl Worley. From West Virginia, I, I would think he's going to have to be in a like a play every snap type mode tonight, just because there's very limited depth. On Friday, the Panthers uh, again very boldly uh, made the decision to cut another starter, a guy named Ben a. Ben Wickery, uh, who had struggled obviously in giving up 500 yards to the Falcons last week, uh, but they just don't have a lot behind him. Uh, as uh, as Carolina has promoted another rookie, they drafted three cornerbacks this year. So they have a sixth rounder named Zach Sanchez from Oklahoma. They promoted him as well. Uh, so you have two rookies at corner. Their nickel is a guy named Robert McClain, a fifth year guy. I don't know that he can be too much more than a nickel because he's only 5'9. So you're going to have uh, a very short outside corner, and that's fine, something the Bucks know well. Uh, or you're going to have uh, a rookie in there with a rookie. So it's just a. Uh, an intriguing situation and, and a big opportunity for Jameis Winston to go up against some young, uh, unpolished, inexperienced quarterbacks. Uh, it should be a big advantage for the Bucks receivers, but we'll see how they do tonight. On the Bucks side, uh, their injury situation is a little bit murkier um, in that they had quite a few players not practice at all in the last two days. And yet the only guy they're listing out is, is Cecil Shorts, the receiver who's had a hamstring injury. is now out three, three weeks in a row. Uh, six guys are listed as being uh, doubtful. Uh, and doubtful for the NFL means unlikely to play. So, again, you don't want to write them off. There's probably somebody in this group that will dress tonight. Uh, but Robert Ayers, uh, Gerald McCoy, Clinton McDonald, that's three huge, probably their three best defensive linemen. Uh, Ayers, McCoy, McDonald, all doubtful. Martin and Sims, the top two running backs, are doubtful. And Luke Stocker, interestingly, is doubtful. He's a... Uh, He's coming off an injury uh, that sidelined him for two weeks, but he practiced, at least at a limited capacity, all three days this week. So usually that translates to better than doubtful, but we'll see on that. Uh, the Bucks did not tweak their roster that much. We thought they might have to promote uh, more players on the defensive line and running back just to give them some adequate depth. The only move the Bucks made on Sunday, uh, somewhat surprisingly, uh, was they promoted Cam Lynch, who's a special teams linebacker from the practice squad, uh, and they waived Jeremy Butler. Jeremy's a guy we talked about in the podcast a little bit earlier in the week, a uh, guy who played very well for the Ravens last year, had like 30 catches for the Ravens last season in eight games. 
uh, and had been stashed on the Bucks practice squad uh, after a month, got promoted earlier in the week. Uh, and then the Bucks. sometimes you'll see this with the NFL where uh, they'll make a move early in the week and then they'll negate it later in the week. So uh, the Bucks had waived Josh Kyes, their special teams linebacker, uh, on Monday, I guess it was, and used that spot to add Butler. And then I think with the injuries, they made the decision Sunday that they still need special teams help. They need guys that can be there and be active on special teams uh, more than they need depth at receivers. So Cameron Lynch gets activated and Jeremy Butler is waived. I would think, honestly, they can get Cameron Butler, sorry, they can get Jeremy Butler back on the practice squad uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, which gets him back in the fold at least. And it'll be, it's not like they lost anything. They just gave him a paycheck, if you will. Um, Cameron Lynch is a guy that played every game last year for the Rams, had four special teams tacklers. He's very much uh, a guy there exclusively for special teams and for coverage. They need him to uh, to make some plays to justify this move. Um, what will be curious to me is is the fact that they did not promote either of the defensive linemen they have in the practice squad. And what that tells me is that one of three defensive linemen who had been hurt I think will be able to play, whether that's Clinton McDonald, who took a hamstring injury in the middle of the week. That seems unlikely because he took a hamstring injury Thursday, did not practice Friday or Saturday. Uh, Robert Ayers tried to go Thursday, did not go Friday or Saturday. He's coming off uh, an ankle injury. And Noah Spence, Noah Spence told us uh, he dislocated his shoulder on Sunday, had a slight tear to his labrum. But honestly, Noah came back and practiced on Saturday in that last practice He's listed as questionable and not doubtful. So, again, that might be a seventh defensive line when you have there. They're used to having eight. Uh, it'll very much be a patchwork defensive line. Uh, the guys they have healthy and available to them. Uh, Will Golston, who obviously is a starter, is, is a great run defender, uh, has done fairly well stepping up as a pass rusher as well, but mainly a run stopper. Uh, Akeem Spence, who would be the third defensive tackle, uh, had 38 total snaps in the first three games and now is going to have to be not an every-down defensive tackle, but like an 80% of the, of the snaps. I mean, if there's 65 plays, he's going to play 50 of them, I bet. Um, Devontae Lambert, who we've talked a lot about in this podcast, undrafted rookie out of Auburn, uh, has started, has played 100 snaps in the last two games. Again, he's going to be a 50-snap guy tonight against the Panthers. Um, just because they can feel confident about him against the pass, a little bit of pass rush. The wild card among the healthy guys for me is Howard Jones, uh, who is a defensive end, has played very sparingly, is one of these DPR guys, these designated pass rush types that they like in that nickel third and long type situation where he can pin his ears back and just go straight to the quarterback. Uh, they've got to get in those situations, though. They've got to figure out ways to get Carolina backed up behind the chains. Uh, the other two are Channing Ward, a rookie from Ole Miss, uh, and John Hughes, who was signed off the street this week by the Bucks. So very limited depth. Uh, we do think that uh, somebody of those injured guys is going to play today. We don't know which one. I really don't think it's Gerald McCoy. I uh, would be impressed if he can come back and play and, and tough through that calf injury without it practicing at all this week. But we will see. Um, so other storylines we want to get to here. We, we talked to uh, Vernon Hargraves uh, this week. Uh, Vernon Hargraves has a history with Kelvin Benjamin. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still allergy-y today and still sneezing a little bit. <sighs> Uh, Vernon Hargraves uh, and Kelvin Benjamin have a history going back to uh, Hargraves' freshman year at Florida, uh, which was Benjamin's last year at FSU, uh, 2013. Um, and uh, it's interesting. Um, you know, that was 
the year that Jameis Winston won the Heisman Trophy, won the national championship with Florida State, uh, they blew through a lot of opponents that year. Uh, Vernon Hargraves, freshman corner, uh, was not in coverage most of the day, but uh, Kelvin Benjamin had a great day. He had nine catches for 212 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, FSU had a 37-7 win over Florida. I think that matches their most lopsided home loss since 1979. Uh, and the first two, uh, Hargraves wasn't in coverage. And the last, last one, the fourth quarter, uh, just a, a short four-yard lob to the corner of the end zone. And Kelvin Benjamin beat Vernon Hargraves. Vernon said that was the first touchdown he gave up in college. Like, almost went his entire freshman year without giving up a touchdown. Uh, so he certainly remembers and respects Kelvin Benjamin. Um, is excited to go up against him on a much bigger platform in the NFL on Monday night. Uh, and that'll be an interesting matchup. I don't know that they're going to put Hargraves exclusively on Benjamin. Um, you know, Brent Grimes had a, a hamstring injury on Friday that raised some eyebrows, but then came back and practiced on Saturday. He's listed as questionable. I would expect him to be able to go. Uh, that would be a major setback for the Bucks defense if he can't go as well. So Grimes and Hargraves are going to get your main snaps at corner. Uh, I would expect Jude Ajay Barima to be the main nickel again. Uh, and then again, just curious to see what, if anything, they use with Werner, with Banks, with Josh Robinson, with these backup corners who have not played. Uh, last week, none of the three played a snap on defense. Um, you know, we had talked about the Carolina cornerbacks, how well the Bucks and their size, uh, with 6'5 Mike Evans, 6'5 Vincent Jackson, uh, how well they can take advantage of these uh, young, inexperienced Carolina cornerbacks. One thing I do want to mention, uh, kind of a, a matchup to watch we we mentioned yesterday online is the Bucks tight ends against Carolina's defense uh Carolina has given up four touchdowns to tight ends this year uh going into this weekend only the Falcons and Lions had given up more uh 254 yards to tight ends this year and a couple of big plays uh Vance McDonald who we'll talk about in two weeks when the Bucks go to San Francisco uh Vance McDonald with the 49ers had a 75 yard touchdown against this defense uh, Kyle Rudolph with the Vikings had a 15-yard touchdown, had seven catches for 70 yards against this Carolina defense. And then part of that Falcons onslaught when they went for 500 yards last week was two different tight ends getting touchdowns. Jacob Tammy had a red zone, four-yard touchdown, and Austin Hooper, uh, the rookie for the Falcons, had a 42-yard touchdown. So few teams have been as troubled against tight ends as Carolina has been. Uh, the Bucks are among the NFL's best in terms of tight end production, four touchdowns from tight ends. They're the only NFL team uh, with three tight ends catching touchdowns. Obviously, Austin Sperry Jenkins is gone now. But uh, four touchdowns from tight ends matches the most in the NFL. The Colts, the Jaguars. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not the Colts, the Jaguars. It's the Colts and the Steelers and the Patriots also have four touchdowns going into a week. So, Bucks have been very productive with their tight ends. Clearly, Jameis Winston likes them, uh, especially in the low red zone. So would not be surprised to see a tight end touchdown tonight as well. Uh, we will have a wrap-up podcast. It's going to be interesting. I've got to cut that podcast like tonight at like 2 a.m. Uh, I've got a 6 a.m. flight out of here to get back to Tampa on Tuesday morning. So I'll probably uh, get up and uh, either before I go to bed or get up early and cut a podcast recapping this game. Lots to get to on these recap podcasts. Uh, but that should do it for today. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, here we are starting our 11th week of the podcast uh, and the sixth week of the Buck season. And uh, it'll be a fun one tonight. Uh, looking forward to that. We'll have lots more coming from uh, Charlotte and from this uh, Monday night game tonight before the Bucks go into their bye week. We're going to keep going with the podcast all week. 
uh, even though the Bucks have their, their bye week this week, we probably will have no access to the Bucks Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, but lots to get to, lots to recap, and we'll be back to do that uh, on Tuesday's podcast. So thank you guys again for listening. I'm going to wrap things up here uh, via remote from Charlotte, North Carolina. This is Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Locked on Bucks podcast. We'll be back with lots to talk about on Tuesday. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.